I am now delighted to be joined by the WDF Secretary-General, Nick Rolls. Nick, how are you? I'm very well, thank you, Andrew. How are you? I'm, I'm good. I'm good, keeping well. First off, it's about ten months since you were last on the show and we last had a, a catch-up. So, in that ten months, what's been keeping you busy? Oh, my goodness. Lots. Um, what's been keeping us busy? I guess we've been speaking lots to all of the countries around the 72 member countries in the WDF, you know, keeping them abreast of the situation. Obviously, we've been... The, the, the hardest decision, if I go back, what, four or five months, was when do we reopen the WDF-ranked tournaments on? I guess was the hardest bit we had. I think we opened, if I'm not mistaken, the first tournament was Gibraltar on the last day of May, if I'm not mistaken. And, uh, you know, the, the, it, it was one of those... We, we decided that once we felt that 70, 75% of the countries could play their tournaments, then that was the chance to, to start things off again. Really difficult decision because not every country can do it. As you know, there have been no tournaments in Asia at all. But the countries have been very understanding of what we've been trying to do. They, they've they been very open to the fact that we, we wouldn't allow tournaments to take place when only 20% could take place. But they equally understood that once it got to sort of 75, 80%, it was the right thing to do. So that's that took a lot of our time. And also, of course, preparing for the, the Masters and the Worlds have been on our minds as well. And, and just trying to build the system up for, for when it all reopened, I guess. So things are back up and running now. We've recently had the, the first two gold events of the year down in, in Celsius and across in Denmark. You were there calling yeah. duties for both of them. And one of the, the listener questions I've had in was... How good has it been and how good has it felt to have WDF events actually happen again and being there part of it? It's been brilliant. I, I won't deny that I, was, I went down to Selsey and that was that was our first event. I wouldn't say it was apprehension. It was more of, oh my goodness, I haven't done this for ages and, and what should you do? Do you you know what the dieting fraternity are like? Do you hug or do you fist pump or do you shake hands or do you get close to people, etc.? And it was um, it, it was a little bit strange to start off with, but I think after we'd been there the first evening on the Friday, uh, you know, there were so many people there that you could speak to and hadn't seen for ages. It, it was fantastic. And for us, I guess, getting a feel for the players' thoughts on where things were with the WDF has been really good. And I spent a lot of my time, especially in Denmark, actually, um, actually talking to players the, the, uh, from uh, other countries about their thoughts and making sure they understood what was happening within the WDF, etc. So it's been really good. Hmm. And was it a little bit emotional, being up on the stage again, calling after all the events of the last 18 months? <laughs> I'm not sure emotional is the right word. I'll tell you what I did feel was um, when I went up there for the first game, didn't really think about it. Myself, Charlie and, and Anthony were doing the calling and walked up there for the first game, put the microphone up and then thought, oh my God, I haven't done this for like 18 months, with the exception of the... Um, one evening I did down in Southampton. So that was a bit... I, I just hoped I could remember how to count. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, dare I say, I think it went OK. I know the last, certainly in Denmark, was really good. I really enjoyed that. It was one of those uh, one of those nights on the um, calling where I felt as though I could have stayed there all night and the mass was just coming straight to me. Other days you get days where you just can't add two and two. But uh, fortunately, this weekend has just gone really well, so... Yeah, I wouldn't say emotional, just a bit, got to get back on the bike and go with it. Since the events have been back, obviously, you know, you've been there for four of them. You've seen a lot of players in action 
Who's impressed you that the most since events have been back up and running? I guess, I guess in the ladies, it has to be Dita, doesn't it? I mean, she won the gold event and has qualified for Lakeside Albeit she was the number one. Just age is no barrier. The lady just, I, I, I'm, I, I know you were down in Selsey as well, and uh, Dita wasn't feeling at her greatest, but but still pulled out all the stops to to win the gold event there. Um, very impressed with her, Anastasia. I think was runner-up in the gold event in England and also again on Saturday in Denmark. So obviously she's there and thereabouts with her form. I know that she feels she can do better. We had a chat on the Saturday, Sunday after the tournament. But to get to two gold finals, I was saying to her that it's still a remarkable performance. And then Fallon, of course. Maybe, albeit Fallon got to the latter stages in England, maybe the, the Nordic Masters that we all watched her play against Dimitri and then against Michael just proves where her game is as well so in the ladies I think Dieter Anna Fallon in the men's Andreas Harrison did really really well in the two tournaments in Denmark over the weekend funny story actually about that you, you've obviously seen Andreas's beard he's an absolute I mean he, he, he's giving Simon Whitlock a run for his money isn't he in the beard states put it within darts and um, I said to him that he should change, if he gets to the stage, he should change his music to a, a ZZ Top. And he said, yeah, yeah, Nick, if I get to a final, I'll do that. And then when he got to the final, he, he said, no, I'm not going to change my music. So, of course, Richard and I changed it for him. <laughs> <laughs> and he came, on to, he came on to a ZZ Top number, which was quite funny. Thibaut, I thought Thibaut played really, really well to win the gold and obviously secure his place at Lakeside. He has been to the World Championship, but of course he went to the Indigo. Hmm. and hasn't been to Lakeside. Loved, great attitude. He was over the moon with with qualifying and sort of, in, I'm not even going to try and do a French accent, but oh my God, oh my God, I've got to Lakeside. So he was chuffed. Neil Duff's playing really well. Um, I don't think he quite knew how he lost to Aaron in the uh, quarters, I think, on Saturday. He had a fantastic 167 and fair play to Aaron he came back and beat him but don't get in Neil's way when he's got beat That's that I've learned that one <laughs> and I guess Brian Roman of course is up to number one and, uh, and one in England as well so uh, yeah I think those players have played really well yeah I have to say I, I spoke to Brian after he won uh, in Celsius and yeah. just his whole attitude the way he conducted himself everything about him was hugely impressive and uh, you know he's a really nice guy as well so pleased for yeah, him and yeah, he's another one He's another one like Thibaut, played at the O2, but hasn't actually played at Lakeside. And yes. he made a point of saying, yeah. you know, as a kid, you dream of playing at Lakeside, you don't dream of playing at the O2. So. Very true, yeah. And someone else, I'm sure, has impressed you. She got to the semi-finals of the Denmark sure. Masters, your wife, Jo. <laughs> yes, yeah, of course. It was really, it was really difficult, actually. It, it, again, another funny story. Actually, Richard and I were working out on the Sunday evening who was going to, um, who was going to call what? Because unfortunately, our other referee for the weekend, Christian Sorensen, who's uh, Danish, who was absolutely brilliant on Saturday. He, he helped us immensely. He's a, he's a very good referee. And I, I, I don't think you'll mind my saying that. My, personally, I think his, his, his referee and etc. has come on um, immensely. You know, in the, in a couple of two or three years, and we thoroughly enjoyed his company. He was unwell on Sunday, so Richard and I were working out who was going to do the do the refereeing. And of course, I was just sitting in the stands, just watching Joe's games. And uh, 
as time's going by, Richard's saying, are you getting changed? Well, no, I'm not. I'm watching Joe. <laughs> said, you'll be on your own up there for a big on like this. So he said, look, I'll do the ladies' final. I said, correct, because if Joe gets there, obviously I can't call it. But seriously, I mean, on the Saturday, she played a, a lady from Denmark, um, Berit Schau, I think you pronounce it, and lost her in the last 32. And I actually said to Joe, since we've been home, I thought that was the best she played all weekend. Berit played amazingly to, to beat her on the Saturday. But then, of course, on the Sunday, she only dropped one leg, if I remember rightly, getting to the quarters, and then was 2-0 up and then 3-2 down to anchor in the quarterfinal. And anchor was obviously one on Saturday and moved up to number two in the world. So she was chuffed to bits with that win. And then she was 2-0 up against, uh, and then 3-2 up against Eileen. They had two darts at double eight to, to win 4-2 and go to the final. But uh, Eileen being Eileen, saw out the uh, to make it the three all and then to be fair she played really well in the last leg and Joe, Joe had a, a bit of a, uh, a dip in form in the last leg and uh, that was it but yeah I mean it was an amazing weekend and I was so pleased for her she, she loves the darts and uh, wants to do well so uh, yeah it's good to see that sort of thing happen of course hmm. Well just before play got underway in Denmark last weekend we had a, a big update from the WDF about the, the World Championships at Lakeside the beginning of next year and the prize fund yeah. was confirmed. I know before when I've spoken to you and to Richard Ashdown, you said that you don't want to make any announcements before you know all the I's are dotted and all the T's are crossed. So does that does that prize fund include any event sponsorship? So the prize fund sponsorship is down to Lakeside. They are our title sponsor. Um, any other monies that come in can only enhance the tournament. But what we definitely have been able to announce is the prize, the prize money, so to speak, and that's the bit that we wanted to do. Um, we, we we've obviously had a, a lot of contacts from players um, over the last sort of month, two months, and it's sort of been growing. And we knew that the time was right to, to make that announcement. And as I say, we were very keen to dot the i's, cross the t's on that piece of it. And yeah, look, Lakeside have stepped forward and become the the title sponsor, so uh, that that is the sponsor at this, this point in time. And if anybody else and anything else comes along, there of course we're having conversations with other people, but that would just enhance what we're able to uh, to provide. Well, a key part of that prize fund was that the women's prize is up to a record eighty-seven and a half thousand for the tournament and twenty-five thousand pounds for the winner. How much of a priority was boosting the ladies' prize fund? One of the reasons that I took on the role really within the WDF was that Richard and I spoke oh God, back in April of last year or before that actually. And we both, and um, we have felt this for a while obviously that the ladies fund wasn't right. Uh, well, I think if I remember right, it was 100 grand for the men and 10 grand for the ladies in the old 2019 um, Lakeside. And we've always felt that that has been incorrect. And then we, we did some work around working out you know what 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 do the ladies get as their prize fund at tournaments and it varied across the world and, and we wanted to to give the ladies the opportunity it felt as though they were being harshly treated from a prize money point of view and we wanted to make it so that they knew that whenever they went to a WDF tournament whatever the men's win, uh, men's runner up got is is what the women's winner gets and it was obviously, <laughs> having asked all of the countries to do that, we could hardly then say later, well, actually, we're not going to take that stance. So that was that was why we did it. We were very keen to do it, and we're very proud of the fact that we're actually 
the, the money that the ladies get is around about 30% of the total prize money in every tournament. That's, that's the general idea. Now, the women, if you look at all of the entries across the world, provide around about 20% of the entries. So in actual fact, the 30% prize money is paying them more than actually is their percentage of entries, if that makes sense. Hmm. But we do feel it's important, as I say, to, to assist the ladies. It's now, look, the ball is firmly in their court now, as far as I, I can see and Richard can see. We, we need the ladies to come to the tournament, so they're, they're helping uh, to fund the tournaments across the world. Uh, and if that can happen, then of course, then we'll be more than happy to to continue supporting the ladies. But you know, at, at some point, the men will start shouting about the fact that, uh, well, hold on a second, is, are we doing the right thing here? So we have to be a little bit careful with it. But for now, it's absolutely the right thing to do. Well, another part of the announcement was that Richard Ashdown and and the rest of you guys in Team Ref will be returning to to kind of lead the on stage calling and refereeing for the tournament which is fantastic news have you made decisions yet on who the commentators and host will be for the coverage do you know it's an again I guess we've had quiet conversations you know you sort of sit around in an evening and you've had conversations around who you would like to get there Um, there's a few names in the hat uh, but it wouldn't be right, Andrew, to, to say who they are at this moment in time because they don't know it and, and it, 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 it needs a proper conversation with those people. Um, I think there are definitely some players that we'd like to get involved, whether it be players that are not involved at Lakeside or whether it be players that have been previously involved or whether it be players that, God forbid, that bow out of the tournament early. So there's a number of irons in the fire and we've just got to try and find the right balance um, on that one so uh, yeah watch his space on that one sorry I can't I can't be any um, more open than that because uh, you, look, the honest truth is the decisions aren't made at this moment in time so in terms of the announcement how did you feel that it was received across sort of social media and with the players look the general response is that Richard and I have spent most of Saturday flicking onto our phones whenever we could to, to see what the, the or Friday and Saturday to see what the comments were and I've got to be honest I think that majority of it was was really really positive i think a that the announcement had come finally and it put squashes the rumors that you know so many people have been i've heard from a fella in holland i've heard from a fella in you know wherever it is that it's not going to take place and all of these sorts of things and late side have said it's not happening and uh, so to put to bed all of those rumors i think is good for a us but also for the players they now know that they're going to the late uh, sorry to the um WDF tournaments, knowing that the, that the late side is on. So that's obviously great news. The women's prize money, great news. One that's definitely stands out is the youth. Um, the fact that we have girls at the, the girls' final at the tournament, that's a, a been a well-received, I think. Uh, the fact that the semi-finals for the boys as well it will now be included. The fact that Sunday, the Ninth will be finals day, so all four finals will be played on the same day. So there's lots of good things. The odd small comment, I think, that the, the men's prize money or men's winners prize money going down to fifty thousand is the way that they're seeing it. I uh, well, I think we counteract that with the fact that, that we stand by the fact that we believe the hundred thousand to ten thousand ratio in the men to ladies prior to now was not right, um, and 
we've also upped the uh, the lower end, if you like, the, the quarterfinals, last 16, last 32 money is, is more even, if that makes sense. And I think the other possible negative comment would be uh, it's a, a little bit late in announcing, but, you know, as I say, we, we stand by what we've done. And so I, I think, unless you tell me otherwise, I think it's been pretty well received, to be fair. I, I definitely think it has. So another listener question I had in for, from Ben Hardy, who's a regular listener of the show, he said, do you feel somewhat disappointed about the lack of recognition the announcement got uh, and just generally the WDF has received this year from some of the bigger darts media platforms. I'm sure you know who he means by yeah. that. I think there is a there is a part of me that says that we didn't make too many um, press releases um, earlier in earlier in the year simply because we didn't have anything to say. We, we, look, Andrew, you said it yourself. We we've been very keen not to say anything if we haven't got anything new to say or anything that's factual to say so there's a part of me that understands that i think there is a small part of me that would like to see if i'm honest i think it's one or two of the players perhaps could you know be a little bit more vocal on on the social media platforms um it's interesting to see that uh when the ladies series uh the women's series for in within the pdc was um announced the the ladies were going on to Twitter. So now they've got a 25 grand prize to play for. Let's hope that they're they're as vocal about that as well, if that makes sense. I'd love to hear that. I think um, it it can only enhance. And and, and as I said earlier, we we really need the women to get behind the game. And uh, and, uh, I think some of that has to come from within, from the players that we have at this moment in time. As for other other platforms, I'd take it with a pinch of salt, really, Andrew, I think the people that that want to um, that want to say things can, and, and, and if they don't, they don't. It, 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 everyone has a choice to make. It's a little bit like the choice of whether you want to go and watch the PDC or whether you want to come and watch the WDF. You know, um, hopefully, a dark fan is a dark fan, and they want to come and watch it both both um, sides. If that makes sense. Mm, for sure. The only real point of sort of criticism that I think I saw, and again, this is you know a minor thing yeah. from certain people, was that people felt, or certain people felt, that the tickets for some of the sessions at Lakeside were quite pricey. Um, so, mm-hmm. what what do you kind of say to those comments? And also, whose call was it on the pricing? Does that come from Lakeside? Yeah. Or does that come from you guys? I think that is your answer. You've answered both questions with one. It is the the, the Lakeside determined the pro- the price of the tickets. Yes, of course, we, we, we gave them our views. The other way to look at it is that the prices are the same as 2019. Um, and so, therefore, you know, your, your price of your bread and your milk and everything has gone up in those couple of years, uh, and these tickets haven't. Uh, maybe that's a bit flippant. I don't mean it in a flippant way. They haven't gone up. But, yes, it's the late side that determined the price of the tickets. So uh, that one was, uh, if you like, not completely out of our hands, but, but ultimately it was their decision. So in terms of the, the tournament itself, what's the format yep. going to be? Are the early games going to be best of five as they were before? Uh, and will the women be getting longer games this time round? We've talked about it. I think there's a, it's a conversation that uh, we need to have with Eurosport, and in particular Richard uh, will have with Eurosport in the coming um, weeks. Um, 
because of the TV coverage. So, it, you know, depending on exactly the number of hours that we get, deter- can help to, 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 to determine the length of the games. Um, I don't think it would be wrong of me to say that we would love to um, make the latter stages of the women's perhaps that little bit longer, if we can. But look, the Eurosport side of things is, is, is critical in that and uh, because... There's nothing worse than you extend it to, I don't know, a best of seven instead of a best of five, and then they cut the programme halfway through and we don't get to see the end of the game, as, as has been the case in well, probably many years ago now, but uh, it certainly has been the case in the past. So we just need to make it fit, really. The other, the other element of the announcement that I wanted to touch on with you was that the World Open in December has been upgraded yeah. to gold status. How did that move yeah. come about? This is a... It, it, it's a... I say it's a long story. Obviously, the World Masters getting cancelled was a was that was a massive disappointment, and um, look, it hit us hard. If I'm honest, but, um, from a personal point of view, you sort of worked a, a, a lot of time on putting it together and how it's all going to work. And no blame attached to anyone. Let, let me make that absolutely clear. That the situation was that um, Holland, uh, the Netherlands government, and had made an announcement that they weren't restrict uh, they weren't lifting the restrictions with with regards to COVID which meant that at that point there was a chance that the end of November stroke start of December was still going to be that they couldn't have multi-day tournaments. And also, we were speaking to our countries in the or the countries in the WDF and more and more were saying, we're not going to get there, we're not going to be able to travel. Um, we have to remember that there are a lot of countries in the world that aren't as advanced with regards to the vaccination process as the UK are, and uh, and that's just a fact. And that means that they're not allowed to travel. Some and in some cases, even if they are up to the same vaccination levels, they're still not allowed to travel. The WDF countries have put in money. They pay they pay fees to the WDF to be members, and that that money gets used to. You know, to host tournaments like the, the World Masters and that sort of thing, uh, and the combination of the fact that um, we weren't uh, absolutely certain that we were going to be able to host the tournament, and the fact that the number of countries that weren't going to be able to attend or their players weren't going to be able to attend was growing, just made us got us to the point where we thought we have to unfortunately say that the World Masters isn't on. However, at that time, we did say that we wanted to run an Open and we wanted to run the World Championship qualifiers. Um, and we agreed with the NDB that, uh, that if the restrictions were lifted, then we would that's what we would do in uh, asset. Um, we also had a backup plan for if it was cancelled, but obviously we, we now don't need to go down that line because unfortunately the Netherlands or the, yeah, the Dutch, Dutch government, that's the option, pronounce it correctly, the Dutch government have, have said that it would be okay to run the tournament. But the difference now is the fact that the World Open and the World Championship qualifiers are open to anyone. But it's an individual choice rather than our WDF member countries' choices, if you see what I mean. So there's no pressure on our countries to say it's up to you to pay for your players or get your players there, etc. If they want to, of course they can. But um, that's why we made the decision to make it more of a individuals event rather than a team come together event does that does that make sense hmm hmm for sure yep good so (laughs) (laughs) in terms of the the world masters cancellation i know it wasn't an easy decision for any of you 
realistically, were there options on the table to maybe host it in the UK instead or host it somewhere else instead? So from the World Masters point of view, we'd always wanted it in Assen. As soon as the, um, the NDP said that they would like to do that, that was where we wanted to go. Uh, we had some small conversations around did we want to come elsewhere if it couldn't happen, but the honest truth was that we, we really wanted to have it in Assen. I wouldn't say there weren't conversations, but they won't. They, there wasn't a real plan B in place to have uh, to, to move it. And again, uh, I think that was put to bed by the fact that the you know as countries were saying no, they couldn't get there. That was more the determining factor than actually the the, the um, COVID situation with the government. So even if we'd have had a you know we, we, I, I, it, this was never on the cards, but even if we said we were going to move to Lakeside, for example. That, that wasn't something that we would have done because our country still couldn't have got there, if that makes sense. Of course, yeah. And also with the you know the packed nature of December and the you know the PDC World Championship and stuff, there wasn't really a flexibility date-wise for you to move it yeah. later that month either. Yeah, yeah date-wise was, was a, a tight one as well because I think if I remember correctly, I think Italy is the last weekend of, uh, of November and, and then there was really only that first week in December and, and because you need to get your draw out so as you can get... The program together to get the draw out, so that the players knew when they were playing, so we can start selling tickets to the, the you know their fans that of the players can come. So all that has to be taken into consideration. So uh, yes, the World Open, I imagine, will be using Dark Connect in the same way we saw it used at you know Denmark Open, and it's set to be used at a number of other events this year. How is that partnership with Dark Connect going to expand? As you know. We continue for the rest of this year and move into next year. Yeah, look, we, we are working with Dark Connect. Um, we want to be able to use uh, Dark Connect at the World Masters. wanted to be able to use it at the World Masters and at the World Championships. It's definitely not off the table at the World Championships. In fact, we, 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 we're confident that it will be. However, we just need to make sure it's absolutely, it's, it's slightly different at Lakeside because you're using it on the main stage rather than at 80, 100 boards around an arena, if that makes sense. And that hasn't been, hasn't been something that we have done. So we need to be, we're working with uh, David Major and the team at, uh, at Dark Connect to, to get that all lined out to make sure we're in a good place for it. So we used it at the Danish Open. Um, that was with a marker on stage. We would like to get to a place where we're a little bit like we would use, if we were using darts for windows, we would have someone off stage keying in the scores. Um, that's how we'd like to use it. So that just just ironing out those bits to make sure that that's all going to run smoothly. It, it it's a bit scary if you want to put it that way that you wouldn't want to go there using it as, your first, as the first tournament. If you see what I mean, it's too the, the players have worked too hard for us to be experimenting. If that makes sense, in a way that can affect the game. So uh, we just need to be a hundred percent certain that we're okay with the with the way it all works. Now, before we get into to three listener questions that we've had in that are uh, not necessarily related to Lakeside or the World Masters or anything like that, slightly less serious questions, uh, there was one more thing I wanted to, to touch on with you. So the WDF rules state that if you play at the PDC World Championship at Alexandra Palace, you're not allowed to play yeah. at Lakeside. Uh, you know, a couple of weeks later. 
What's the status there for female players who qualified for yeah. Ali Pali and then possibly qualify for Lakeside as well? Uh, you're right, Andrew. So in the, this, this has been something that we have debated long and hard. So from the men's point of view, you're correct. Um, if, a, if a guy plays at Ali Pali, then they can't play at the Lakeside. We also obviously have the rule that the PDC players can't play in WDF tournaments. That's more a case of the fact that uh, you know the PDC rules state that their their players are not allowed to play in non in streaming tournaments around the world. So it, it, it's sort of protecting ourselves, so to speak, if that makes sense. But we're also in a situation where, from the females' point of view, uh, again, really just helping the female uh, female helping the ladies' game along. We don't feel that currently they get the opportunities, the, the, the wider opportunities that the men get. So we wanted to give them the chance to be able to play at both. Um, it, it is only, uh, well, more than likely, it's only going to be two ladies play at um, Ali Pali. Let's assume that, uh, having seen the first World Series, that it is Lisa and Fallon. Lisa is actually a tour card holder, so that does prevent her from playing at Lakeside um, whereas Fallon is not a tour card holder so we're saying that if Fallon does uh, play at Ali Pali she can still be invited to Lakeside as well that's that's our current thinking and where we're at and I, I do think that that will be will, will be where we remain with that thinking it's, it's uh, what we've announced in the rules so it, and we do understand that it is um necessarily controversial because I do think that, that most people understand that the ladies don't have as many opportunities but equally you can see why some people will say well hold on you're treating this slightly differently so look it's one of those decisions that's gonna gonna split split thoughts if that makes sense um, but that's the, the side that we decide to come down on lovely right so into these other questions the first is from Richard Ashdown who wants to know, how did you get on in the Denmark Open pairs? Uh, and I, I thank Richard for his question. And I, I, Am I allowed to plead the Fifth Amendment here, or, or is that not something that's allowed on, on your, your podcast? You're free to do whatever you want. I don't mind. <laughs> well, we won our first game. And if I remember correctly, I took out a very impressive 50 with three darts. I, I went for the ball with the first dart, which I know is not etiquette, but I did it anyway and hit a 25. I then hit treble three and double eight. Um, and so, therefore, that's my claim to fame. I think Richard fluked a couple of doubles to get us through. That's, that, so that was our first game. And the second game, we were invited to play on the stage, which obviously was not um, in my... Uh, it, it wasn't something that I was thinking we would do. We were 2-0 up and... Um, we were runners up in the overall event, if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, I, I, do you know, Andrew, I tell, uh, for me, I, I mean, uh, joking aside, Richards is an accomplished player, let's put it this way. We, but that may be not saying a lot, given that he was playing alongside me. Second question is from Alan Souter, who wants to know, can you still get him free food at casinos nationwide? <laughs> Um, yeah, as long as he still recognises me as the uh, bowling champion, 
You'll know exactly what that means. Uh, we we went bowling. Oh, I can't maybe even remember what tournament it was, but we went bowling, and uh, you know, I ended up champion against him, and the, you know, the Scottish their their other halves as well. So uh, yeah, uh, it's a good night actually. We uh, I think we went to the uh, casino up in Dundee. It was a good good evening. Nice to have a chat with him and Amanda. But I don't work there anymore, so I don't know whether I'll be able to get the free ones. But I wouldn't go there with him. And then the last one, which possibly might be the best God question. Forbid, after the last two, I'm not sure. I'm <laughs> well, th- this might be possibly the best question I've ever asked. Uh, it's from John Scott, who wants to know: Have you ever stolen small bread items? So, in other words, does Nick rolls Nick rolls? Is that the best John Scott could come up with? That was that was John's question. So, so John, um, as far as I know, I've never nicked a roll. Um, and the question back to John would be, who the hell taught him to dance? Because all the way through Denmark, every time a song came on, he was dancing. If he could, I, I, I think he mis- misreads the, the entry form. It says it's a darts competition, not a dance competition. And, and he just turns up, he, you know, he, he does play in the darts competition, but... He's better at the dancing, and that's not saying a lot. <laughs> awesome. Touche, John, touche. Thank you very much for your time this evening, Nick. I do really appreciate it. And thank you very much for you know, answering all the questions, and hopefully see you in Killarney, and if not, I'll see you at Lakeside at the beginning of next year. Andrew, I look forward to seeing you in Killarney, sir. I hear you're playing, and I shall, uh, I look forward to watching you play, so maybe next time around I can ask you a question or two about your performance. Uh, well, if it's anything like Celsius, it will be a couple of quick 4-0 exits. <laughs> now you know why I referee and don't play. <laughs> awesome. Andrew, great to speak to you. Thank you very much indeed.